episode of the plug podcast music of more i am your host bushy and with me as always my co-host my sidekick my brother from another mother metal mike how you doing i'm doing good brother how you doing thanks for asking man i'm i'm doing great i'm, I'm actually stoked for this particular episode because we are starting a new series of shows uh, that will be released in tandem of course um but we're doing something new here today and i can't wait to get into that but how's you know how how have things been? How's your day going? I'm um, not too bad, man. Like uh, I was saying earlier, Bill's air con- has been having problems with his air conditioning. But other than that, it's not been too bad. I mean, it's been kind of a rough couple of weeks though for rock and metal. I mean, you know, we we lost uh, Charlie Watts from Rolling oh. Stones. We lost uh, um, uh, what's his name, Eric from uh, doom metal band Trouble, uh, the original singer for Trouble. You know, which really fucking sucks right and, that's and what he, i'm unfamiliar with but it still it sucks to hear about these people dying yeah he um he i i like trouble they're an american doom metal band started out in like the uh early 80s um they're they're their new singer right now or their latest singer is kyle thomas who's also the singer for exhorter eric wagner was his name i just was having a brain fart but uh yeah i like trouble i'm not like a hardcore fan they were a band that i kind of discovered years later it's one of those situations where you know you hear about a band but for whatever reason they just don't come across your radar and then because of the internet you're like whoa that was one of those situations for me with with trump so you know so see for me oh and uh the ever one of the everly brothers died too so my mom and dad was a big fan of those guys yeah they were great at harmonizing i don't know if you could find two guys that were better at harmonizing i'll give you a three who barry robin and morris gibb Mm, yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) you know what you could also but i'm not taking away from the everly's at all because they they Um, were definitely great you can also put the eagles in that category they were great at harmonizing too that's sad i didn't hear about one of the everly brothers i don't remember their names um they're one of those i'm not uber familiar with uh, although I'm way more familiar with the Everly's than, uh, uh, what was the other one? Trouble. Them, yeah. I know Trouble Tribe. They lasted a record or two. <laughs> I never even heard of them. Oh, uh, boy. I know another episode we're going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Total glam. You'll hate that one. Totally. Uh, Charlie Watts. Totally. That, that one, that one kind of hit me in the gut. Uh, I mean, he's 80, so I don't know why I'm surprised when these things happen. But I'm one of those, you know, those rare hairs. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there, Rockapot. Mm. I'm one of those guys that, uh, dude, you know, fuck the Beatles. I can't, I, I can't deny what they contributed to rock and roll and eventually heavy metal. I'll, I'll never take that away from them. But for my ears, fuck them. Fuck them and their four or six albums, whatever it was they did. Because I know they weren't around really long. And there are songs I like. But my band has always, other than Kiss, 
the greatest rock and roll band of all time for me has always been the Rolling Fucking Stones. You know, so that one, that one kind of, that, that one kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. And I'll probably include something off a of goat's head soup just to piss off people. Baby, baby, I've been so sad since you've been gone. Way back to New York City.
that's, well, my, that's big, my favorite Stones record. So I love both Beatles and Stones <laughs> for different reasons. I've always thought our good colleague and friend um, Ian Wadley, Wadzilla said it best. The, the Beatles may be the greatest band of all time, but the Rolling Stones were the greatest rock and roll band of all time. And you know I what? Totally, totally uh, agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, going to say, I hate to interrupt, it, but I... the nail on the head. Yep, I hate to interrupt, but I absolutely agree with that sentiment. Go ahead. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, oh, by the way, it was Don Everly who passed away at 84 years old. Man, he was four years old, years older than Charlie. So, um, yeah, you know, just been kind of a rough week for rock and metal and musicians in general. And I play, I think there was a country and western songwriter who uh, passed away, too. Um, he's the guy who wrote, um, oh, damn it, what was it? I can't remember now. I'm drawing a damn blank, man. But, uh. But oh, Harper Valley PTA, the guy who wrote that. Okay, he was more known for a songwriter. He was more known for a songwriter than a singer. But he passed away, so it's just been a rough uh, couple of weeks for music in general. You know, it just goes to show you that some of these legacy acts, man, they're not going to be around forever. And we've, God knows, we've lost enough as it is. And that's why I'm always kind of. You know, like, hey, as much as I love the legacy bands, and you know you and I both play them a lot and yeah. on that metal station, I'm always going to champion the new bands as well because there's a lot of great stuff out there, and they're the guys that have got to pick up the torch, and, and nobody's going to pick up the torch if, if people don't give them a chance or, or uh, um, you know, know about them. So I'm always, like, trying to, you know, shine the light on those guys, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I love the Beatles. I do, but I love the Stones too, and and I think that I, it's possible to you know, like it's it's because it seems to me there's usually people that it's either they're all the Beatles and fuck the Stones, or they're like the Stones rule and fuck the Beatles. Yeah, I happen to love them both. I mean, it's like I I'm like that that pussy kid. It's like don't make me pick because I love them both. <laughs> you know, I can pick um, all day long at twice on Sunday. Stones. Well, okay, that's and that's fine. I respect unless, that. I love unless. You give me some 60s-era Beatles before they got all hippy-dippy-trippy shit. Oh, so you like you like their um, I like their more goofy, poppy rock, poppy rock roll. Stuff. Yeah, it's been a wow. hard day's night. See, I love you are that just shit. the opposite of Bill. Like, Bill, me and Bill go round and round on this. I'll tell you what. And he goes, man, Mike, you get kind of fired up. I'm like, because you're wrong. And don't get me wrong. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but... I hate it when people compare the Beatles to boy bands. And let me explain why. The Beatles were just like the Stones. They were kids. You know, of course, they were from Liverpool, different areas of England. But, right. you know, they started basically a garage rock band. They were inspired by by Elvis and Chuck Berry and Buddy Holly and the Crickets and, you know, uh, Fats Domino, all those guys, you know, Little Richard, um, you know. Who, the Beatles? Yeah, the Beatles love those guys. They love those guys. Yeah, well, the, st the Stones actually showed it in their music. Okay, I disagree with that. <laughs> I totally disagree with that. I think I, I hear a lot of Chuck Berry in the Beatles music, big time. They got a lot of weird chords. I don't. Now they're. Uh... I don't know about all that. I'm not a musician. I'm just telling you that that just like the Beatles, the, the Stones took it in a different direction. They went more bluesy, I think. The, the, where, where, where with the Beatles, it was more rock and roll. I mean, they even did Chuck Berry covers, like if you want to dance with me, for Christ's sake. Right, so. and you know what? That may have been always what my issue is, or has been with the Beatles, is 
as much as I love metal and as much as I love pop, I think, you know, my passion, because you know that 80s glam that I like so much is heavily, heavily blues-based. I love the fucking blues. And it could Mm -hmm. be simply that, which is why I've always liked the Stones better. And and there and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm not telling people, um, you're that like, hippie you know, shit. Like Sergeant Pepper's is so great. Uh, see, no, it's not. I love that shit, it's man. I love garbage. that shit too, man. White album. I, I but I I love I love fucking um, uh, you know what? I love I want to hold your hand. I love uh, yeah, see. I love all that, that stupid shit. And, you know what Bill, I like about that is I can listen to that and then listen to the Tom Hanks movie soundtrack. That thing you do and have just mm-hmm. as much fun. There you go. That's what that's what rock and roll was still innocent. It was pop, but it yes. was edgy. The parents yes. hated it. They yes. had they had quote unquote long hair. No, they but, had stupid bowl haircuts. For Christ's sakes, it's not long hair. But, but, but I to, understood but, the sentiment. But to the but for the standards at that time, it was. Uh, well, yeah, you they know? were all wearing flat tops and high tights. And 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 the thing was like with Bill when when he wants to compare them to boy bands, I'm like, but most boy bands are prefabricated. That you know, they're they're. Uh, well, they're more like the monkeys, even though I don't mean that as a put down on the monkeys, because believe it or not, I do like the monkeys. But the monkeys to me is just what John Lennon said. They're the greatest comedy acts since the Marx Brothers. They were I mean, two of them were comedians, for fuck's sake. And the right. other, all of them were actors. I think the only one that was a real musician was Michael Nesmith. And, you know, they were a I mean, that's why Mickey Dolan said, like, when I'm on stage and I'm playing drums and I never played dr- up until that point, I had to learn how to play the drums to be in the monkeys and now i'm like holy shit leonard nimoy is now really a, a vulcan like this is weird like i'm not really a rock and roll guy this is a tv show i mean they literally were like one of the first fictional rock bands before right. spinal tapping I know, you know? I know so so for me i i admire the monkeys and i do like the monkeys even though there's some people like oh well, they, they were prefabricated okay so be it they're one of the few prefabricated things I like because it was for a fucking television show. Right. You know, NSYNC and, and Backstreet family. Boys and fucking uh, um, all them other horrible bands. That that was shit that, you know, you had some fat fuck behind the table going, doing auditions. We're looking for these kind of guys. And, okay, you're going to be the sweet one. You're going to be the bad boy. You're going to be the the, the the funny one. You know, no. Oh, let, no me ask you, not, let me ask you a question. That's since what we're the on Beatles this. are. Since the Beatles are not that. No, and they're I not. Think the Beatles brought rock and roll back. People have to remember, or not, well, not remember because we weren't there, but people have to understand rock and roll at the time was kind of treated as a fad. Elvis was caught up in his movie deals. Chuck Berry got busted for Bane and a Minor. Jerry Lee Lewis had that scandal with his cousin. Buddy Holly, the big bopper, and Richie Valens died. And that was a big blow, especially when you consider Buddy Holly. Probably would, God knows what he would have went on to. And Richie was so young. He was only 17, 17 years old. Yeah. And the kid had how many fucking hits already? Like, Jesus, man. It was. So then you had your, your guys like Fabian and Dion. And, well, not Dion so much. Who's the one I'm thinking of? Um, oh, what's his name? Um, oh, God damn it. I can't remember it now. But, but, um, it was just this, they were faking the funk, man. You know, the guy that did Venus, if you will, I can't even remember his name now, but terrible, terrible, that ain't rock and roll. And then the uh-huh. Beatles came along and they brought rock and roll back and then they kind of evolved it. Yeah. That's why I respect the Beatles. And they opened the doors up for, because you got to remember something about the Stones. At the time, the Stones were making a huge name for themselves and they were doing really well, but they were doing covers. It was John and Paul. It was like, you guys should write your own tunes and boom. 
we wouldn't have gotten all the awesome Stones music if, if well, maybe we would have. Maybe somebody else would have given him that advice. But still, it was really cool that that John and Paul and them encouraged Mick and Keith. And, hey, you can write your own songs. Because apparently Brian Jones, he was just content with doing all those blues covers. Hey, those blues covers are great, and I love them too. But come on, man, I can't imagine a world without Can't Get No Satisfaction and Paint It Black and God knows how many other great songs. Starfucker and yeah oh. okay here's my question since you're a big stones fan what's your era favorite era of stones oh would it be the brian jones era the mick jones or um ron wood I'm trying to remember who the fuck played on the goat's head soup album because that's my favorite era that's my favorite album i like the early 60s stuff you know their big hit making that's, stuff that's brian jones yeah i love that stuff but the 70s you know, Goat's Head Soup, Angie, all that. that That's my absolute favorite. And I, I just, I'm drawing a blank on who was playing at the time. Well, we're going to find out real quick right now, Thank man. Thank God for the googly. All right. We have personnel is, let's see here. The personnel was Mick Jaggers, Keith Richards, Mick Taylor, of course. Well, Mick Taylor's my favorite era, so that makes sense. Yeah, I dude, do like Goat's this Head record. Soup is the shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, dude. Exile oh. on Main Street, fucking Sticky Fingers. Those oh, are yeah. my jams. Dude. Oh, yeah. Get, That's after know. we were getting a little more refined. You know, they had found their niche. I mean, those 64 to 65, 66 songs, I mean, they were great. I mean, that's where we got Painted Black and fucking uh, 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 Can't Get No Satisfaction, you know, on Honky Talk Women. We got all those songs then. But right. Dude, later on. Wow. Wow. And and John and, and see Mick Taylor was part of John Mayall's Blues Breakers. That's where he got his name and he took over for uh Brian Jones. And right. to me, as, as much as I and I love the Brian Jones era. I'm not disparaging Brian Jones at all, but I mean in fact my all time favorite Stone song, at least from that era for sure, is Paint It Black. Oh yeah, Paint It um, Black's untouchable. Oh god, I love that song. But man, I really love the Mick Taylor era because they only they even got even more bluesier you know so yeah great stuff great stuff yeah on the the fucking uh goat's head soup album there's only one song i can't stand it that's because it's just just because it's hippie tripe it is funny i had done a youtube video reviewing that album and then a week or so later uh rock and metal combat reviewed that record dr fuck agreed with me it was just hippie fucking tripe that one song like yes (laughs) because we don't normally see eye to eye being the good doctor Unless, of course, we're yeah. talking about Thrasher Die. Well, it, it, <laughs> Fuck it's you, weird Ralph. About, it's, it's funny about Ralph, though, and, and Ian. It's like, because I'm in between their ages. So sometimes I agree with Ralph, and sometimes I agree with Ian. You know, it's just weird like that. Right. Well, uh, Ian's closer to my age, you know. So a lot of the pop stuff, you know, we, we dig the same shit. And, you know, he's just mm-hmm. a little harsh on some of the glammy stuff, but that's okay. I love that fucker all the same. Right. Well, you and Ian are real close to the same age. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're 80s kids hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah Which I mean, I, I, seventy-five, so somewhere I in that was, area. I, and I love, I love the eighties too. I mean, it was my teenage years, dude. You know, I turned ten in nineteen eighty. Yeah, in October of eighty, the year was I almost turned, over. But... Yeah, I turned five in February. Yeah, of so right, I'm five years older than well, you. I'm sorry. So it's like, yeah, no, five, six. And Ralph's five years older than me. See, oh, oh yeah. I'm, what what year were you born? Seventy four, you said. Seventy five. So I'd have been six in nineteen eighty. Yeah, Bill was born in 76, so... Which tells you why 1987 is such a big year for me at a whopping 12 years old. 
and why I thought Crazy Nights was such a good fucking record. It still sticks with me today. But it's the same reason I, I like the White Snake self-titled album so much. You know that came I, out that year. Now I love that record. I, I, but I, I liked White Snake before, but I think '87 is a great record. I mean, I think the, I think, I think David covered it. It's a shame they didn't get along because God, they were great together. John Sykes and David Coverdale were yeah, magical, magical. Um, but it's interesting you should mention yeah. White Snake. It's like you could take, just take Is This Love off that fucking record. Take that song off that fucking record, and it's perfect. Right. It's and you know, perfect. honestly, can I be honest with you? I didn't mind that song oh. when it first come out, but God, did it get old. I did like the video, though. I mean, anything with Tawny Katane in it was awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Let me, let me but tell yeah. you, this is what I think about fucking Is This Love. I hate it every <laughs> bit as much as I hate... Tears are fucking falling. Fuck that song. Oh, hate it. Oh, alrighty then. Oh, like if there's a kiss I'm, song I hate, I will take "Bang Bang You" twenty times in a row God. before. Before really? I'll take fucking "Tears Are Falling" once. But well, I know Wadzilla would totally disagree with you on that. I one. know he would. He loves that song, man. All right, now we are about to do something not different because we're still kind of reviewing an album. But we're taking it from a uh, a different angle here. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to do a series of uh, episodes, and maybe it's something we can keep up, you know, for God knows how long. I think we can, Bush. There's a lot of bands that have lot, different eras and different, a lot of you know, stuff out or there. different things out there. So yeah. I, I definitely think we can do this. So what we're doing is uh, we're calling this Uncovered Gems. And the whole point to this, this is going to be episode one of Uncovered Gems. Um, the whole point of this is that it's uncovered for one of us. Meaning that anytime we do one of these, one of us will have never heard the record before. Uh, just to let you know, we have Down Nola coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, it's an album I've never heard. I know, unpopular metal opinion. Now, my partner there, Metal Mike, has said it to me, but I won't fucking listen to it until I'm ready to take notes before we do the episode. What we're doing this week is an album he's never listened to. And admittedly, not a fan of the band. But tell us a little bit about your history with this band. What we're doing is 1992 Warrant Dog Eat Dog. What was mm -hmm. your experience with this band? Um, up until this point, man, I mean, by the time Warrant broke big, which I do believe the first album came out 89, right? Yeah. Am I right yeah, about that? Okay. Cherry Pie was 90, this one 92. Yeah, so by that point in time, you know, I'm depending on when it came out, I'm like 18, 19 years old. Um, and I have a lot of buddies of different age ranges. Some of them were older than me. Some of them were younger than me. My younger buddies were all about the cherry pie, all about dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy rich. I, oh, I just was like, didn't, it just didn't grab me. And they would get like, almost like, what is wrong with you? And I'd be like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, man. But I just, it just didn't grab me. And I think there's several reasons. We always say timeline is everything. Right. By the time Warrant made it big, um, I mean, I do understand they had been, you know, just sweating it out on the Sunset Strip right along with all the other bands. They worked sure. hard to get where they were at. I'll never take that away from them. There's certain things people have to understand. Just because I don't really like a band or it doesn't do anything for me. When I was younger, I was very much like, well, Warrant fucking sucks. And it's for posers and fuck it. As I get older and I've gotten older, I realize, A, that was a really shitty elitist attitude to have. 
number one. But I was young, you know, and, and well, that's like young, me dumb. with the Beatles, brother. I don't like them, but I gotta respect them, and I have to give them credit for what they've contributed to the music community. So I understand exactly kind of, what you're saying. Yeah, so it was just one of those things where you know it was like, um, but I never really got it. Um, I remember when the Down Boys video came out, it's like, uh, okay, you know, it's like, to me, I felt like they weren't really, and maybe that was part of the problem is Ian always says that a lot of those bands, even the good ones, they were copies of copies of copies. And right. I think by that point in time, I just felt like, honestly, Warrant wasn't brewing anything new to the table to me. You know, sure. I've already had gone through Motley Crue, loved Rat, um, which is ironical, ironic, because the guy who produced the first two albums, Bo Hill, I love his work with Rat. So it just wasn't something that really grabbed me. So I wasn't really a Warrant fan. I, you know, in fact, but it's sometimes it takes a while. Like, okay, for instance, I kind of dismissed Skid Row, okay, until I heard Slave to the Grind. That's the record that made me go, okay, I want to check out this band more. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? But with Warrant, that never really happened. I mean, I just, to me, they were part of that. They were one of those bands that I looked at as, well, you guys are the reasons why people got tired of metal. You're the, you know, now, and I'm not saying that's fair, but that's Ouch. how I felt at the time. You understand, though, I'm talking about how Mike felt at the time. Right, Mike's right. older, Mike's wiser, doesn't have as much baby batter swimming around in his brain as he did back then. When so, he was so 1989, no. when DRFSR comes out, you're how old? Oh, uh, at least 18 or 19, depending on what time period that came okay, out. Okay, 1989. Uh, I, mean, I, was I was. Well, he, he, here you go. Let me give you some reference here for my age group. Uh, I was either finishing up middle school or starting freshman year. Okay, it was recorded in April of November of 88 and came out January 27th, 89. Okay. So I was 18. And yeah, wasn't so turn I, was, I was at the top of my class in middle school, rubbing my dick on every chick I could, listening to heaven. Yeah, yeah, it was a good yeah, time. Yeah, and and, 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 and and that makes sense, <laughs> Bush, you know. I mean, I, I, I think what I'm trying to say, even though I know you love this other band, but I'm thinking maybe Warrant. And that's what I had to explain because I was at a party a couple of years ago and this guy was even yeah, kind of mad at me like, you're telling me you didn't like war. He, he almost accused me of like pretending that I never liked him because it wasn't cool to like him now. I said, fuck <laughs> that, dude. I'm like, I like what I like what I like. I said, I love fucking rat. I said, exactly. maybe we all just put it that way. I said, I had to find something. I'm like, Sean, I'm like 10 years older than you. Right. Okay. So while you were getting into warrant. I was listening to all that thrash, plus Guns N' Roses, Tesla. Those were my jams. Yeah. Suicidal Tendencies. That was the shit you know, I was listening to at that point in time, man. By, by the time Warrant made it big, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, how nice. And, 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 that's, and, that's, and I'm still, I got to be honest with you, my opinion hasn't changed that much, except. Uncle Tom's Cabin is kick-ass fucking song. Oh. That song rips. And I'm so glad you found that been, motherfucker. Right, and and if the rest of the band uh, albums, had, the first two albums had been more like that, I'd have been like, oh, hey, all right, Warren. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, but, you know, and to be fair, somebody um, in, who's no longer a part of my life, she tried to get me into Uncle Tom's Cabin and, at that point in time, we were just fighting like cats and dogs, and I wasn't having it. I wasn't even, I'm going to admit, my biasness against their other music made I was like, oh, that song ain't that great. 
I only right. listened to it. And I gotta be honest with you, I kind of half-ass listened to it because she pissed me off and grind. She used to grind my gears, man. You know, and sure, I, sure. you know, the less to said about her, the better. But you know, hey, if you're out there listening, I was wrong about Uncle Tom's Cabin. Dude, that's, I'll admit that. That's so, one of the heaviest fucking riffs you'll ever hear in a glam rock song. Well. Yeah, and it's it's I, I like also the bluesy feel to it. The oh, subject yeah. matter is very dark. Very dark. Here's part of my problem with Warren. And again, I think it was my age. Because when I think about it, I'm like, well, what separates it, it what makes this any different from another I mean, Rat did a lot of come suck me, fuck me songs. Sure. Kiss did too. But I was younger. So maybe I give that a pass and I have nostalgic reasons for still loving it. I don't know, but to me it was like one thing that was cool about Uncle Tom's Cabin was like, oh, they're actually seen in something else besides Bane and Chicks and shit. Which, don't get me wrong, I love the Bane Chicks, too. Sure. I'm not saying you can't have a cool, a few come fuck me, but it just seemed like Warrant saying about that a lot. Well, that was, it was the 80s glam thing. That's, that's kind it of was, what and you it did. was, and, and, and I do know, like, I, I know on uh, the one album, which I do believe is on Cherry Pie, the one ballad he wrote, which I had no idea... Which kind of made me feel a bit sorry for Janie. I saw Red. He wrote that because he literally caught his fiance with his best friend. Yeah, so, that's, that, yeah, that's a like, great oh song. God, the two ballads on that album. That. The two ballads on Cherry Pie have two of my favorite ballads from the whole 80s hair glam metal genre. And that's I Saw Red. And even better than that is Blind Faith. I love that song. Okay, so my question to you, though, just where would you, because, uh, I mean, obviously you come from a different kind of, where do you rank Warrant among the bands as far as the ones you love? Are they in your top ten? Are they are they up there? I don't know if they're a top ten band, but they're definitely a band that I could put on their record, and I never feel bad. I mean, if I'm playing DRFSR, that takes me to straight sleaze. You know, Dirty, mm-hmm. Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich is a great song about some hungry-ass dudes, you know, just talking about making it big and getting rich. In the Sticks, that's my favorite song on that album, by the way. But it spoke to me because I lived in a town of 350 people because my dad did not want to live in a city. He did not mm-hmm. want to live in government quarters anymore, military housing. So we built a house out in the fucking Sticks in this tiny town on Natural Bridge about 20 miles, 20 minutes outside the city. And I was like, oh, shit, right. in the sticks, you know. But there's this great line that says, but I ain't no country hick. I was like, yeah, that's fucking me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so I love right their on. music. Um, do I listen to it all the time? No. But anytime I hear it, I don't skip it. Even Cherry Pie, I give a pass. Okay. Even Cherry Pie, I give a pass. Now, this song we're about to talk to or talk about hit me fucking different. Because I was like, whoa. What, what, what the fuck's going on with this band? This does not sound like Warrant. Which is funny because going back and listening to it this last week and you know just before coming on, I'm like, oh, no, there, there's still some Warrant in there. But uh, boy, this, this just hit me different. This is their third album. Uh, it was released August 25th, 92. It was mm-hmm. the last with uh, their Columbia label, Sony Music. And uh, it actually peaked at number 25 on the Billboard 200, which is surprising because... Looking back, I don't remember it getting any radio play. You know, I don't either. Um, of course, I got to be honest with you, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention um, to Warrant. 
so when this album came out, I didn't even hear about it. I, I only heard about it by reputation. Again, years later, oh, you need to check that out, Mike. It's different. You might like it. And it was just one of the things where I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd always intend to listen to it, but just never got around to it for whatever reason. Right. Well, and, I, uh, we're about to find out what you thought about mm-hmm. it because now we made you listen to it. Right. And here's the thing. I mean, this was kind of my idea not to, you know, to my own horn, but I was like, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool if because a lot of times when we talk, Bushy, we talk about all the bands we love and we do we we do see eye to eye on a lot of them. And then right. there's other ones where we don't. And I thought and then there's been uh, I'll, I'll mention an album. You know, I never really heard that album before. I'm not familiar with it. And then I've said that to you. And I'm like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we reviewed an album where one of us wasn't familiar you know Absolutely. so now i have no excuse and i get to listen to something and who knows it might blow my mind i might think it sucks just like the rest of the stuff you'll just have to wait and see ladies and gentlemen but i'm kind of intimidated now after a uh, uh, <laughs> what's her face <laughs> uh, that was no, hilarious no. by the it, way because after listening to it again it's like uh, uh that's still one of them it's still one of them. i know what you're talking about it's still one of them it's definitely up there um, but uh, no, definitely toot your own horn because I think this is a great fucking idea and it gives us content that is fun for me. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, I hope you it's know? fun for you because even if you hate something, it's like, look, I'm getting turned on to something I've never heard before. Well, when you posted what you posted just by the reactions we got from you posting that and then and then when I said what I said on air last night, I mean, everybody's just stoked about this. Well, so let's hope, let's hope it goes well. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too, man. So, right. okay, Warren, you want to? Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. Warrant, dog eat dog. Ah, uh, machine gun. You want to take it? You want me to take it? I don't have a whole lot to say. This is more about you than it is me because you've never heard this album. Okay, I'll, I'll start, man. Okay, uh, Machine Gun, which was the first single. Uh, uh, by the way, album produced by Michael Wagner, and you can definitely tell a difference between this album and the first two albums, as far as sonically speaking. Right. Uh, Machine Gun. This track is a a heavier version of what this band has been known for previously. Very similar to what the band had already been doing. So far, this album is not totally grabbing it, grabbing me. But this is only one song in, uh, only one song in, though. I will say this is better than anything the band has done up to this point, with the exception of Uncle Tom's Cabin. I went ahead and listened to the band's previous albums for a point of reference and to see if maybe I would hear something I hadn't noticed or appreciated before. Upon hearing Uncle Tom's Cabin again, I actually liked it. This track is more like their cherry pie, but with steroids. So it's definitely heading in the right direction, but kind of still your typical glam metal slash cock rock, whatever the fuck you want to call it, track at the time. But with much better production and much rockier. Not too shabby. That's what I say about track number one. Like, what the fuck? Were we listening to the same song? Oh, what a fucking riff. Dude, it's an absolute fucking banger. I didn't say it was bad. Did I say it was bad? You didn't. I, I, you didn't. I, I said it but when you said it was typical glammy, I say it's very grungy alternative sounding. Uh, the chorus gets a little glammy. The choruses, uh, the choruses in this album, I still felt were, were very glammy and a lot of this this record so i'm glad you said something well, yeah um, but especially but, this hey, song dude it's just one song in it works. um and i think it's a good song but i don't think it should have been the opening track i'll tell you later what i think should have been the opening track Ooh, but not this one but it's not a bad track. track 
is my closing track. I'm curious to find out. You know what? It could be. It could be. Because it could work both ways if it's yep. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I, we'll get to that I, song. Yeah, I can't wait. Long. We'll find out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to take the second song? Sure. The Hole in My Wall. Uh, I didn't take a lot of notes for this because I've, you know, I've grown with this album for fucking It's in years. your DNA. Bro. Yeah. I think it's got a really great groove. Um, I love the voice box. I think that's what sticks out to me the most in that song is the voice box. You can hear it over the lyrics and then that guitar solo. Oh, it's a good fucking heavy jam. I think this one would have been better in front of Machine Gun, but still solid fucking track. Okay, my turn. A hole in my wall. We have a fucking winner here, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. From the opening riff, which is has this very swampy, sludgy, dare I almost say grungy um, swagger to it. I love the way Janie is delivering the vocals with the band's backing vocals. I even dig the whole theme of the track, the temptations and titillations of voyeurism, instead of just your typical suck me, fuck me song. Right. Um, I also like how the track gets real quiet and you hear this like discordant symphonic music that just goes into the uh, atmospheric guitar solo with yeah. the voice box yes. in fact that's the word i would use to describe this whole song atmospheric this which is something i never thought i would ever say about want warren might be my favorite track of the album and another thing not only did it remind me a bit of grungy like alice in chains which by the way i don't consider alice in chains as metal as far as i'm concerned but which is a compliment by the way right it also reminds me of bls but keep in mind this was how many years before zach wild formed black label society but that's what it reminded me of and uh it's interesting because when this record come out janie lane talks about how he had uh discovered that there was a large framed poster of warrant that had been removed from the foyer in columbia records in los angeles yes, and it had been replaced by a chains. poster of allison chains yep. and it was at that moment according to lane that he realized that the proverbial writing was on the wall for the band yep. and then of course an absence of support from the band's label radio and mtv and without a major tour to support the record sales of the album were sluggish compared to the first two records but did achieve gold status in the united states and is regarded by many critics as Warren's strongest record. So there you go. But I really dug this album. And I don't think Janie was being, you know, influenced by grunge at that time or, or what the guys in Seattle or, or some of the other alternative metal or grunge or whatever the fuck you want to call it uh, was doing. Because at this point in time, this is coming out the same time Alice in Chains' as Dirt is. But I have to say, it does kind of remind me of that. So it, it I don't know if it was a case of of Janie just trying to be maybe a bit more experimental with this record or whether he, I, I mean, I don't think it was a calculated thing like, Ooh, these bands are sound like this. So I had, cause people have to remember at the time this record came out, glam metal was still selling. It wasn't like it wasn't popular. It was just that this other thing started coming up right. alongside it, you know? So, but yeah, I love this song. Like I said, it, it's probably tied for my favorite song on the album oh wow I, that, that's that's i can't believe you didn't like machine gun but hole in the wall hole in my wall makes perfect fucking sense uh track three uh, uh, i know you're taking this one go ahead give it to me april 2031 a very dark ballad again something i would never expected from this man apparently this track according to what i've read and did my research 
for research foreshadows the musical direction this band eventually kind of went in, yep. which intrigues me, I must admit. It's a post-apocalyptic track. Mm-hmm. I don't think things will be quite this bad by April 2031, but cool track nonetheless. Nothing what I expected from Warrant, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was kind of, um, you know, it was cool. It's cool. It's totally different. Again, something I would not expect from Warrant, but I did like it. See, I'm surprised. I kind of thought you were going to hate this one. Uh, this is kind of their Greenpeace thing without being Greenpeace. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know, you know, White Lion, of course, did a uh, little fighter, which was strictly a Greenpeace song, but it definitely is. It's talking about a you know a dystopian world, a post-apocalyptic world, a post-nuclear world. And uh, '92, you know, we're just coming out of that Cold War era, you know, so we're still not sure. Everybody's still on edge, so it kind of makes sense to me. I think it's got heavy fucking riffage in it, and. It's eerie with the kids singing. Yeah, it's, that it's fucking, a creepy fucking song. Dude. Yeah, I mean, I, it, this again, stands out as at, atmospheric, just like holding my wall. It's, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, you every, know, everything like, about this track, if you ask me, is just fucking brilliant. Uh, this this fights me hard for my favorite song on the album. Some days it's my wow, favorite. Wow, all right. It, it, so it surprised you. See, there you go. Surprise. I'm glad I surprised you. You definitely did. Uh, the next one is me. Um, I need to find out what the fuck Andy Warhol said. This is called Andy Warhol was. Oh, right. well, Andy Warhol's the guy that said everybody will be famous for at least 15 minutes. Okay. I got you then. That was his famous quote. Okay, so so the song still makes sense even without knowing that quote. Uh, it's basically a neglected kid, and the kid opens up the song, kind of poetic, talking the first verse. Mm-hmm. Creepy as fuck. You can tell he's uh, you know neglected, possibly abused, possibly abused, and somewhere throughout his life he hates this fucking celebrity. I guess all I can envision is there's this motherfucker on TV. It's doing so much better than him, and he just hates him. And basically, it's a song about killing this son of a gun. This yeah. is a very, very dark song. Oh, with yeah. a With a child, <laughs> with a child being used in the darkest way imaginable. If you thought April 2031 was dark with those kids singing the lyrics, wait till you hear this kid mouthing these words or speaking this, you know, speaking this lyric talking about playing with his toy gun and hiding in his room, you know, behind the closet door. Oh my God. It's fucking amazing. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, this jumps back and forth with April 2031 for my favorite track on the album. Wow. Okay. Um, Andy Warhol was right. And I even put, wow, another dark ballad, very disturbing lyrically. Not really sure how I totally feel about this track. I don't hate it by any means. But I'm not totally loving it either. The the kid vocals kind of I understood what Janie was trying to go for, but it didn't really work for me, man. Right. Um, but however, I give props to them for doing something this experimental. Um, and for that alone, I gotta give it a thumbs up. And I kind of dug it, 
but it's just it's weird man it's a weird track even it's, if it wasn't warrant i would think it's weird you know Dude, so, well, the, the song's called andy warhol was right it's got to be weird that fucking right. guy was insane yeah he was <laughs> he was uh you know and i was kind of like oh what are they going to go with this but because i read the lyrics too like i looked up online when i read the songs and i read the lyrics along with the song so like i when i say i studied this record i totally did i did my homework man that's awesome i'm gonna have to really work on the down fucking episode jesus yes you are and <laughs> it is worthy of it my friend uh trek five bonfire all you all right bonfire um this sounds more like what I would expect to hear from this band, but on steroids, which is always a good thing as far as I'm concerned. It's like this, folks. I like my rock and metal to be heavy and rocking, even if it's a fuck me, suck me song like this one. I really like the bass lines on this track and also some of the sweet guitar soloing, too. Kind of reminds me of Kiss, like 70s Kiss, even, believe it or not. I like this one. Wow. Wow. Um this is a total glam fucking song. It's okay. It is. I skipped the fuck out of this track, too. Really? I can't really? stand the chorus. It doesn't seem to change. I mean, you go from the verses to the chorus. He's singing the same all the way yeah. through. Yeah. I mean, the choruses did kind of bug me, but I was kind of trying to look past that only because, dude, this band does a lot of choruses and a lot of backup, you know, and a lot of... I'm, and I'm okay with that. Rah-rah shit. Let, me, mean, let me have some Let me have some octave changes. Do do something with it, not just everything, just nothing changes. It just drones. This is actually... Like, if this was a record, I'd be pissed that I had to listen to that fucking song. Really? Because this See, came I didn't out mind in the CD era, so you could skip it. <laughs> by, by no means my favorite song on the album, but it, it didn't bother me. I was like, oh, okay, this is like Warrant, but but on steroids. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the Bitter Pill. Let me tell you something. I don't know if I like the song or if I like the German opera in the middle or both. Either way, holy fuck, what a track. It's obviously a love song, and it's obviously about... Love Gone Bad. But oh, my God. The, the whole operatic thing in the middle, it just the way it just keeps rising and rising and hits this crescendo. Uh, if you go to do a fucking metal ballad, this is the way you do a metal ballad. Okay. <laughs> this song uh, sucks. Uh, <laughs> I just put another ballad. Hmm. I have to be honest, this track really doesn't do anything for me. It's typical power ballad tripe of this time period. And the operatic chorus is way over the fucking top. Oh, I think, I, and then I wrote this, Queen called Bushy. They want their musical style back. Oh, God, that hurt. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Great. I felt bad when you put, I'm like, oh, he's talking about how it's one of his favorite songs. He's going to think is. I'm an asshole. It is. It's I'm, definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> Not, okay. But isn't it funny that the, my favorite songs on this album so far are the slower ones? Yeah. April yeah. 2031, Andy Warhol was right, Bitter Pill. All right, so we move into, uh, I, I would say normally you would probably flip the album over here. It's only 49 minutes. You yeah. probably put that on a record. So uh, number seven, Hollywood, so far so good. What's your take on this one? Okay, now this was kind of a weird one for me because I don't know if you've ever heard this song, and I'm not saying it sounds exactly like it, but the riff, the opening riff was very reminiscent to me of Jane's Addiction song, Jane Says, from their album, Nothing Shocking. Mm -hmm. It's just a little faster. Um, 
And also the lyrical content to me is very reminiscent of Alice Cooper's Me and You, which I have to say is a much better song. This is typically what I expect to hear on a Warren album, which I'm sorry to say is not a good thing. I didn't really dig this song that much. Sorry. This is going to make you laugh. I'm going to read verbatim my notes here. Very glam. But I swear it's the same chord progression as Jane says by Jane's Addiction. Holy shit! <laughs> Not a fan. fan. Or are you a Jane's Addiction fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. See, Bushy, I would never have guessed that. I would not have thought you liked that band in a million Dude, years. Those first That's what two I love records that. were fucking oh, killer. A great alternative rock, alternative metal, whatever the fuck you want to call yes, it. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree. But yeah. But yeah, for Hollywood, so far, so good. Not a fan. All right, so we actually agree on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've agreed on a couple of them, though. I mean, we we both liked uh, April 2031. We both liked Hole in the Wall. And and I like uh, the first track. I just didn't think it should have been the opening track. And, you know. know. I think it's a great opener, but. All right, all right. I'll tell you a better opener in a minute. But All right. right. So, uh, what's next? All My Bridges Are Burning. All My Bridges Are Burning. What say you, Bush? Okay, well, for this... Musically, this follows the 80s glam model to a T. Yes, sir. Uh, from the riffs to the chorus, uh, you know, and how it's sung at a higher level and the verses are sung lower. You know, what was missing from fucking Bonfire. Uh, I mean, I dig it. Yeah. But this is one of those where it's like, okay, you're still doing the glam thing. We haven't completely gone over into this dark place, which comes later in the band with their next two records. But, I mean, I dig it. But it's, Mm -hmm. this is by the numbers fucking 80s glam. It's like, okay, we have Poison doing here. Okay, so we can do these verses. And then, ah, skinny, bop, get up high up here and then come back and have a cool solo. And it's just by the numbers fucking 80s glam. I couldn't agree more, brother. I even put um, typical Warrant and not only Warrant, typical glam metal song of the era, but on steroids because of Michael Wagner's amazing production. So I give it a decent great right there for that alone yes like i said i dig it but yeah it's decent it didn't it didn't it, it, it's not one that i'm like yeah you know right. but you know because there's some yeah moments on this record oh for sure and obviously and i want to i'm going to want a synopsis after we're, we've done this review mm-hmm. but obviously there's a obvious change from drfsr to cherry pie to this album Oh yeah, I, I don't. We think can you obviously can deny see that. some growth. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, whether you like the record or not, or whether you're, a, there's no. And I, because I had Brian Davis, he was really stoked. Because um, I guess he read what you said on on Facebook. He told me at the time I hadn't listened to the record yet, and he's like, "Right, well, I'm going to tell you, dude, it is different." And I'm like. All right. Well, that's cool, though, in a way, because it, it gives me something. Because, dude, I don't want to get on here and just shit on an album. You know, that's not my goal in life, you know, is to go, oh, well, I fucking just, just you know, it's like I want to tell you what, if if you had to shit on it, I want you to be honest no matter what. Well, no, I am honest. I'm being totally honest with this. Um, and that's awesome. I'm glad you've dug some stuff on it. You already like more Warrant songs now than you ever have in your entire life. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Quicksand. Uh, I think that's you, you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've said this song really reminds me of like Dawkins for some reason. Like I almost feel like Janie's like he seems like he's channeling his inner Don Dawkins on the vocals on this track. 
I also think the lyrical content is cool. I mean, we've all been in those situations in that type of relationship when the person you're with is an amazingly awesome person, but they're just so fucking insecure and codependent that they smother you to death, man. Yes. Yes. And uh, and it's sad because you don't you really care about the person, but you're just like, can you give me fucking five minutes to breathe, man? It's like it's like what more validation do you need? I'm with you for fuck's sake. You know, I can't be in a relationship with somebody like that because it's just too draining to me. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm with you. I even buy you things when you least expect it. That should be fucking good enough. And if it ain't, well, bye bye. You know, and I That's... totally identified with this track just for the lyrical content alone. But it did. It reminded me of like um, under lock and key era of Doc, and if that makes any sense, it, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I swear to God, this this isn't bullshit. Love this track. Feels like docking. Thank you. All right, so I wasn't just me. I thought maybe I was crazy. Like. Am I hearing shit that's not really there? But for whatever, whatever reason it did, it reminded me of Dawkins. Yeah, it's got that feel, you know, between the guitars and the lyrics. Because because Don Dawkins was always singing about broken, you know, love that failed. It's like a reverse love song. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that, that fucking line is one of the greatest lines ever. Do I love you? Yes, I do. But I love my own life, too. Dude, that shit right. is fucking great. Well, Killer guitar like, solos. It's, it's yeah. just a good song. Now, it for is. me, being a Warra fan, it does sound a little bit like Mr. Rainmaker off of uh, Cherry Pie, vocally in parts. But that you get a pass from me on that one. I, I think it's a great song. I really do. It, I it's, mean, it's, and I it's a say, really it, solid it, track. And and, to, and and just to tell you how open-minded... I mean, people sometimes think I like don't like glam metal. Nothing could be further from the truth. I like the first wave. I even like some of the second wave bands. And if, if Warren had done more songs like that back on the other... I, I probably would have liked them a lot more, to be honest with you. I really like that track. Yes, it's glam metal, but it's good glam metal. And it, it didn't... I, even though it did remind me of Doc, and it wasn't like they were trying to be Doc, and it was still Warren, you know what I mean? But... But I could definitely hear some, and I thought, you know, I bet they were um, influenced by Doc. And then there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, you're going to be influenced by people that came before you. People I mean, let's be honest with you. Time. Yeah, and let's be honest. This whole movement, the, the West Coast Sunset Strip glam metal scene, without Van Halen, none of it happens. No. You know, so there you go. But uh, I, yeah, I dug it. I, I thought I it was agree a cool with song. You. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, let it rain. All right, very silent lucidity type of intro for me. Um, so I'm getting a real strong Queensryche Empire vibe on this track. Uh, it's okay as far as ballad goes. It's no blind faith or I saw red. You know, <laughs> that's that's literally all my notes. It's no blind faith. It's no I saw red. And the guitar part in the beginning just reminds me of silent lucidity. Mm, I never thought about it that way because I do actually like that song, even though I think it kind of totally played out. But um, um, all right, here are Fuck, my. I, I haven't heard Silent Lucidity in like twenty years. Oh shit! It can't, at the local rock station here, KC ninety five, they still play the fuck out of that song. All right, man. Um, let it rain. All right. Um, White Snake called. They want their song back. They did a much better, better version of this called "Crying in the Rain," which oh, is a much better that. song. Uh, now I'm going to go off here on a little anti-ballad fucking rant. And it's not that I'm, I'm going to come off like that. And I'm not, I like ballads, believe it or not. 
I really do. But to me, it should be something special, something from the heart, especially when it comes to hard rock and heavy metal bands. There should be only one, two ballads tops. Uh, I'm sorry. This is just sentimental fucking clit rock bullshit to me, man. I didn't really care for it at all. And I know I'm probably going to get some hate for saying that because I'm pretty sure some of the people that wrote on that wall said that this was one of their favorite songs. Well, it ain't one of mine, man. I didn't really like it. Sorry. Yeah, like I said, it's no blind faith. It's no I saw red. Uh, to me, this See, is just, even this I'm is not a, a definite filler track. Yeah, like I saw red didn't do a lot for me, but at least I know that one came from the fucking heart. Right. Dude, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're so, going to do a love song uh, or a ballad, because I don't consider April 2031 a ballad. I really don't consider uh, Andy Warhol was right a ballad. It's a slower tempo song, but they're not ballads. Quicksand is a ballad. Let It Rain is a fucking ballad. The Bitter Pill is a ballad. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ballads on this album, dude. There's a One few, yeah. One of these I kind of noticed, and I'm like, oh, okay. But anyway, yeah. uh, can we do number 11 now? Let's do number 11. Go ahead. Inside Out. Now, this is more fucking like it. Hell, this is probably the closest you're ever going to get warrant to being thrashy. It's not a thrash metal song, but... I said, you can just feel the bitterness and anger on this track. You know what? It's tied with track two is my favorite track. This fucking track rules. This should have been the opening track. This song literally smacks you in your ear hole. I fucking loved it. What do you think, <laughs> This motherfucker is metal. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like, if Warren did more shit like this, I'd be like, I'd be sporting Warren shirts. Fuck just yeah. saying. These Just are saying. my notes, verbatim. This motherfucker is metal. Holy fuck. JD screaming out the lyrics. That motherfucker don't sing here. Mm, no, 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 he ain't singing. No. He's screaming these bitches out. And you know what? He did a great job. I, I kind of wish he would have been went a, a little bit more aggressive sometimes because he certainly could pull he it could off. He could do it, yeah. The yeah. double kick in those drums. Oh, holy shit, that dude. The, the fucking riff. It, 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 the whole oh. song is just like, it, it's like they walked up and smacked me in my ear hole. Oh, you this don't like song, Warren, huh, bitch? Yeah. That's, what they, that's how I felt. Like, Janie came back from the grave, smacked me in my ear hole, and was like, hey, bitch, you don't like Warren, huh? Well, yeah, listen yeah. to this. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I like this. Exactly. So, this song fucking shreds. It does. Okay, it shreds. It, does. it should fact, have closed the album, not open, closed it. And you know what? You could make an argument for that, too. You could totally make an argument for this. This would have made a great opener or a closer. In fact, I'll you know what? I think, I'll tell you why I think I'm going to agree with you. I think it is a closer because it just smacks you in the mouth and leaves you wanting more. Fuck yeah. And that last line as they're fading out, get this fucking mic out of my fucking face. <laughs> yeah, it just. Oh, God. Uh, that's called a band blowing their load. But they yes. didn't. But they didn't. No. There's another no, they, track. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, can, I, can I have this one? Please, yeah, go ahead, please. Sad Teresa. Fucking sad, all right. Uh, this bummed me out. It, the album completely fucking peters out. We got another typical crying in your pillow or beer warrant ballad. Just yeah. not my bag, daddy. I'm sorry. This is the type of shit that turned me off of warrant. It was too much of this and not enough of Inside Out, man. But I had more Inside Out and a little less of that. I think I would have been more of a Warrant fan. But but I will say, even with this track, and it did, it was a big disappointment to me. I still enjoyed a lot of this record. Didn't enjoy everything, but I did like it, man. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's kind of made me 
reevaluate this band, and I'm definitely going to listen to their future records. And well, I hear I, what they're you know what singer. I think. With their new singer, I hear they're doing great things. Um, Sad Teresa. Uh, this, this this must be where uh, Steel Panther got the idea to close out Feel the Steel with Girl from Oklahoma. Yeah. You yeah, know, dude. Because, I mean, it's not a bad song. It's just poor placement on the it's album. It's poor placement. It's poor placement for one. And yeah. I just think it's just too many ballads on one record, man. Because, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, don't get me wrong. Like, April 2031, dark ballad, and there's definitely some heavy parts to it. See, Even with Andy Warhol Hart. Not a ballad. Yeah. You don't think they're ballads? Okay, no. fair they're enough. Just, fair they're enough. slow tempo songs. Okay, fair enough. You can Maybe be slow are. tempo without being a ballad. Think think the song yeah, Black Sabbath. To me, well, sure, that's true. I when I think of a dark ballad, like the one that always comes to my mind is I Still Love You by Kiss. It's heavy, but it's got that I don't know. And it, it probably isn't a dark ballad. It's probably like you said, slow tempo. It, it's a dark song, you know, because it's about heartbreak. Right. But, but um, but yeah, um, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm with you on Inside I, Out though, but. Better oh, yeah. closer than opener. Keep oh. keep machine gun where it is. Keep holding the wall next. Inside out before or after Sad Teresa. This changes the dynamic of the record. It really does. It really does. Even Theresa, though because there's I a think town in New York called done. Theresa. Yeah, but Sweet I Teresa think, is the name. Yeah, with Sad Teresa, I think you'd uh, yeah, have to. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know where you would have put it though, because if you'd put it right after "Let It Rain," that would have been two fucking ballads in a row. I tell man. you where you put it. You put it on a fucking B side somewhere. You know what? You're right. And let's be honest. If this it's not wasn't a bad this, song, but th- you know what? If this was in the wasn't in the CD era, that's exactly what would have happened. This would have exactly. been on a B side. This would have been a single. Yeah, um, that would would have come out in probably fucking Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, pulled that bitch too, making a ten song record. Well, yeah, because like I told you, Hollywood didn't really do a whole lot for me either. I felt like it was like, oh, this is like Alice Cooper's Me and You, but not near as good. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, it was like, it was like, eh, filler. And I feel that way about Sad Teresa. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, like I said, that a bad song just should not have closed out the record with that fucking track. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was like, I'm just like, really, guys? You, you, you almost had me. Um, but like I said, what I like, I really like. And even some of the other ones where I'm like, hey. It's not the best song on the album, but it's pretty decent. Um, and then, of course, there was there was some twists and turns, man. The Hole in My Wall, April 2031. Andy Warhol was right. Definitely not what I expected. Those um, songs, if you like those songs in particular, I'll tell you a song to go check out. It's a, a mid-tempo rocker. It's off of their fifth album, I believe, Belly to Belly, Volume 1, which I also think, don't hold me to it, but I think is the last album Janie Lane was with them on. Mm. Uh, there's a song called Indian Giver. And dude, it, you know what? I'm not even going to make you search it. I'm going to play it for you. You'll have to listen okay. back to this. It's going to be right here, Indian Giver.
guys that don't want us to play music on our goddamn show (laughs) (laughs) well we still do most time we just play newer bands so we don't have to worry about getting our hands slapped but you know 
We're not we're not big enough to have our hands slapped yet, so fuck. I mean, here's the way I look at it when it comes to podcasting. I don't understand these record companies. I think they're kind of being short sighted because number one, with now with, when you're doing a live show with radio, that's different. I totally sure. expect to play a, a pay a licensing fee on that. Yes. But with this, I mean, I'm aware that we record it. But we're not making any money off this, you fucking idiots. We're no, doing we're, this we're, we're trying for to the get love people of the to music. Listen. Yeah, and yeah. trying to get people to go buy this shit. Exactly. Even when it's a band like Warrant. Because guess what? There might be some people like me who's not really given Warrant much of a chance or didn't like what they did before. And I still am not a big fan of those first two records. I gotta say, though, man. Now, I'm not saying that this is like converted me and that i'm a, f- a hardcore warrant fan or anything like that but i i there was some songs i liked for the first time in my life i have to go hey i fucking like that i don't well, care if well, it's warrant. Um, well you know what i'm really glad because i because the conversations we've had you know off mic and just in general life on the phone as such you know you have not been kind to warrant at all you like ever like you're nicer to fucking poison than you are to warrant and i'm like um Wait a second. <laughs> I'll tell you what, but I've told you why. I've told you. I, why. I, I know you have, and I know I understand that now. But prior to that, prior no, to I that mean, understanding, you know, it is. It is like I get it. I understand the age difference. I understand what you were into. I will. I will say this though. I think even with Warren's first two records, in many ways, they were a heavier band than Poison. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I can understand where yeah. you're going. Wait a minute. You're giving Poison props, even though you don't really like them. But no, no, it just, it's one of those things where, um, you know, Warren like when had he, all these years of rat and docking to look at, I don't know what poison was thinking. They just wanted to play straight ahead, rock and roll and get their dick sucked. And you know what? I respect that. All right. Well, as I told you, I respected him for the simple fact that when a lot of their contemporaries from this, you know, era of, of rock and metal and this, were, this is one uh, of them. They, they were going in that direction. Now, maybe some of it was an, was an actual evolution. I, to be fair to Warrant, they did this record. This isn't like, look, this isn't like what a lot of bands did, where they saw what bands like Alice in Chains and whoever what whatnot was doing and decided, hey, let's do that. Yeah, they were right on the cusp of changing their right, sound. They were growing. They were, right, they were right. They're doing it while it was happening. So. Yes. They weren't doing it like Kiss doing Carnival of Souls, people. Exactly. And I'm sorry, I love Carnival of Souls. Well, I do too. I think that album gets a lot of undeserved hate, man. I'm just like... uh, It gets gets hate because it wasn't... It's not a Kiss record. Well, neither is the fucking Elder, but you Kiss cards give that a fucking pass. Hey, hey. Better than Unmasked. It is better than Unmasked, but that doesn't mean it's great. Huh. Well... I'm sorry. I, I'm weird <laughs> with the Elder, though, because I'm not an Elder hater. I'm not Ian. There's actually some songs on the Elder I like. But God damn, it's a weird record. And it's oh, certainly so definitely weird. a typical Kiss record. But it seems not. like now it's like, the you know, it's the cool thing. You know, well, you know, it's cool to like the Elder now. Okay, whatever, man. It, I, I got to be honest with you now when, when I... Again, my stance on the Elder changed. When I first heard the Elder, I thought it was fucking bullshit. I thought it was horrible. I thought it was tripe. I was like, what the fuck is this? Kiss have lost their goddamn mind. I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't feel that way. <laughs> I totally felt that way. Um, That's great. With that being said, there's still some fucking cool riffs on that record. Sure. There's still some cool songs. It, it, it's weird. It's almost like Kiss went power metal for an album or something. I don't know. It's a fucking weird record. I know. Like, like, Just a Boy Rules. Uh, 
you serious with that, or are you just fucking with me? Oh, no. You really think? I'm serious as a heart attack. There's one song I would take off of that record. One! What's that? World Without Heroes. What? Hate That's that one of the better songs on the record, oh, man. Especially on Plug. No, the, the demon doesn't cry, okay? That's where I draw the line. Oh, okay. He doesn't <laughs> cry, but Paul goes, I'm just a boy. Yes. Whatever. And another song that always bugged me, even <laughs> though I think Paul's great on it, and it's not a bad song, but I thought at the time, this doesn't really fit the record. It doesn't fit it sonically. It doesn't fit it thematically. Honestly, and come to find out it was written by somebody else. It sounds like Paul Stanley doing fucking Broadway, and that's Odyssey. Love like, it. Like, I think I think I think it's a good song. I like it, but I'm like, this shouldn't even be on this is like Paul Stanley solo, even though the Ace Fraley fucking <laughs> solo on it's really sweet and tasty. It to me it sounded like Paul Stanley, you know, doing Broadway, which he actually kind of did with Fan of the Opera. Yeah, yeah, do a Fan of the Opera, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean i I just I'm like Traveling space. This fucking story ain't about space. This is like medieval shit. It just didn't make any fucking sense to me. I, I, that's the song where that should have been a single or something or a Paul Stanley solo song. I, I I don't think it really fit the record, man. That's great. That's great. But I do like Under the Rose. Yeah, killer tune. I Dark like Light. Dark Light. I. Yeah, Eyes not too bad. Escape um, from the Island. Great instrumental. Yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff on there, man. I, I just think it's um, a very... See, that's, dis- that's how much I love that record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not alone. I mean, a lot of people love The Elder. I don't hate it, though. That's what that, that's the about. biggest 50-50 kiss split. That's that's what and kills that's what, fans. That's where they go to fight is The Elder. And, and I don't under... Yeah, and that's what's weird. Like, I've had Kiss fans tell me, well, you're an anomaly because you don't love it or hate it. Yeah, well, sorry, yeah, man. It's, actually it's, sounds strange to me, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Most people are one or the other. I mean, I guess if I had... At one time in point in time, I did fucking hate it. Um, but, I don't know, it just kind of grew on me like a fungus. But not enough to where I'm like, I love it. No, I don't fucking love it. You know what I mean? But it's better than ass. Well, so is wiping my ass in public. Oh... We have been talking about uh, Warrant Dog Eat Dog, 1992, third release by this band. Um, in case you didn't know by all the Kiss talk you just heard. Um, Metal Mike doesn't give it a glowing review, but he definitely gives it a positive review. Metal Mike, do you think people should go out there and check this record out? I do. I do. I think especially if you're not familiar with Warrant and if you're like me and you're kind of turned off by the first, you should at least listen to it. Give it a chance, man, because it it was bad. It's a lot I, I, it, I didn't know what to expect. I expected a couple things. One, I was almost afraid. Like, well, what if this like album is totally, totally amazing in my ears? Then it's going to make me mad at him. Like, well, why did they do more shit like this to begin with? You know, I kind of <laughs> feel that way anyway. But I, I, there was still enough of the old Warrant sound in it where I'm like, okay, I can still tell this is Warrant. So it was like one of those things. But I, do, I, I did overall, I mean, I'd have to count the tracks, but... I think I liked more than I disliked, or maybe it's about the same. I mean, let's go through it real quick. We, you said you wanted to do a summation of it anyway. I liked yes, Machine sir. Gun. Yep. Um, you love Was it like Blown Away? Right? But loved Hole in the Wall. Loved Hole in the Wall. That's two really likes, like, A like is yeah. a like. Okay. Fair enough. April 2031. Liked it. Andy Warhol was right. 
uh, I liked it more than I didn't like it. So I'll put that in a light. Even though I thought it was fucking weird. Especially if the kid, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, it's this, great. What's this all about? Bonfire, I actually did like that song, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Bitter Pill. Um, yeah, Queen wants their song back, so that's a no. <laughs> uh, Hollywood, so far, so good. Eh, didn't really do much anything. Like I said, uh, I'll take a, um, you know, you and me. Or no, 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 wait. Or no, Holly, I'll take the Jane Says, yeah. Uh, yeah. With my uh, uh, Jane's Addiction. This didn't do anything for me. Uh, All My Bridges Are Burning. Eh, not bad. Like I said, typical. So I'll give that a like. Quicksand, fucking rules. That's a like. Let's Do It in the Rain. Yeah, White Snake wants their song back. Um, it's not Let's Do It in the Rain. It's Let It Rain. Yeah, let, it, <laughs> let, it ra- let It Rain, White Snake. Crying in the rain because he's talking about crying in the rain and yeah. you know, same subject matter, but White Snake blows it away and makes sure. this one look like way better guitars. Clit rock, Inside Out, fucking rules. That song fucking rules. Sad Teresa did not. So uh, eight out of twelve. Yeah, 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 not yeah. yeah. Um, we, there was the one though. I said chicken dinner, bitch. Yeah, like I said, the bitter pill. Queen wants their song back, um, but overall, dude. So that's that's eight tracks I liked out of twelve. So. That's definitely a positive review, I think. So I hope all you Warrant fans don't burn me in effigy. No. (laughs) They will. We all recognize crap songs. I told you about a couple of them. Cool thing about the Bitter Pill is uh, that whole German orchestra part. uh, He just, Janie Lane just wanted an opera ensemble in there. So he just went outside the studio and just started grabbing people. Oh, cool. They were just standing around. And that's how that was recorded. So that's you know that's pretty badass. Just adds another layer to understanding the song. Now, was it a silly German thing? Yeah. And if you if you actually read the German translation, all right. So love could be a bitter pill. A bitter pill. Love is a bitter pill. A bitter pill. Love could be a bitter pill. I want a beer. I want to be drunk. The whole world is stupid. I feel like it's in my throat. I'll tell <laughs> you, love could only be a lie. <laughs> that's what it says in German, huh? That's what it is in German. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> It's fucking great. That is uh, great. Well, I'm glad you agreed to do this, buddy. Uh, I, I know your dog's trying to go outside, so we're going to wrap yeah. this up real quick. I appreciate you listening to the record. I can't wait till we do the next one. The next one scheduled is down, Nola. Okay, cool, cool. When we're ready to do that, let me know, and I will uh, uh, start listening and taking notes. I will tell you, people, that we're going to upload these as soon as I get them edited. Um, we still have two more interviews episode. Uh, uh, episodes coming up from the Rock and Pod Expo, but that's the regular podcast. We're doing a new thing now, so we're going to release these as we get them, just to give you some more content. Next weekend, I've got to edit the second of our interview specials, which, if memory serves, is uh, Native Sons, Craig Gass, and Jack Gibson. Cool, cool. And then uh, after that, we have the Metal Hall of Fame: uh, Pat Jeswaldo, Brandon Cook of black and blue so yeah we still have a couple more episodes in the tank that we still have to bring out i still have to bring out part two of that episode we did before rock and pod yeah so so we have a lot in there and then this and we also have the one where we talked about the 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 seniors that have um you know that 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 had different you know replacement seniors and stuff remember there was that one we recorded last week was that the 21st because yeah we have been busy that's we have been recording. We have a lot. been busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. That would have been either the twenty first or twenty second, Bush. Okay, so yeah, so I've got that. So that one's still got to come out. 
So we have a lot of content coming up for we you guys. We do. And we're going to start doing this uh, for un- un- Uncovered Gems. Uncovered Gems, yeah. I'm going to yep. write that down just in case you forget, dude. Yeah, Uncovered Gems. And uh, it's just because one of us has never listened to it before, so they're uncovering something for the first time. I, I'm really glad you enjoyed this album. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to say, you know, man, it was good. I, I was impressed, so... Yeah, that's 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 badass. Uh, it, it holds a special place in my heart. I think it's a dynamite Ward album, uh, more in the vein of Uncle Tom's Cabin than Cherry Pie. Oh, for sure, no you know, doubt. With, the, with that early '90s edge, you could tell the the music scene was changing, and they yeah. had, you know, like you always talk about Ace Man. He had his thumb on the pulse. Jenny Lane had his thumb on the pulse. He knew the change was coming. He just probably didn't know he was gonna get slapped in the face with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, Metal Mike, you have anything to promote? Um, you know, not that I can really think of right off the top of my head. You know what? Yeah, I do. I do. I know what I can promote. I recently got um, Black Sabbath Volume Four Super Deluxe box set. I have nice. had the uh, Sabotage one uh, a while back, and this one's awesome. It has the original album, which has been remastered for 2021. Then there's like these really cool outtakes, which has got alternate lyrics and stuff. Then the second, third CD's got alternative takes, false starts, and studio dialogue, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. And then the fourth CD is them live in the UK, which is a full-blown concert that's been remixed and remastered. Really cool stuff. Um, I highly recommend these deluxe box sets if you are a Sabbath freak like me. Nice, nice. Make sure you definitely check that out. I want to turn you guys on to something called uh, HeadlinerApparel.com. This is a small company that I met at the Rocket Pod Expo. I bought a couple uh, can koozies. They gave me a bracelet. I wear it every day. Their motto is work hard, be kind. And what it is, is throughout the COVID pandemic, you know, road crews, they don't have records to get paid off of. They don't get royalties. They get paid when they work. And with concerts shutting down yet again, they still need to get paid. So you go buy yourself some merch at www.headlinerapparel.com. And this goes to help out all these road crews and all these behind-the-scenes guys that put on these great fucking shows that you and I both miss and love. Cool, tell me, cool. tell me, Tell me I can't do a live fucking read. I need to be on oh, terrestrial you radio. You should be. You, should, you so should be, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to check that out, dude. I, yeah. I, I like apparel, so yeah, I'll have to yeah. check it out. Like I said, right now right. I, wear, I wear a wristband and I got a couple of can koozies I bought from them. But yeah, I definitely took their card and they're a great company. I definitely support it. Final thoughts, Metal Mike. Final thoughts are same as always. Keep fighting the good fight and stay metal, motherfuckers. Hell yeah, and listen to Warrant, motherfuckers, by vinyl. We'll see you next <laughs> time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck? Is this shit. This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week.